Gratitude is about being thankful for what you do have rather than being upset about what you don't have. Gratitude is an essential ingredient on the journey to living the abundant life Jesus promises. Let's talk about how we can have more gratitude on today's episode that starts now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so thankful that you are joining us today on Venture Podcast. Hey, as we always say, we believe that God has you where you are at this moment for a reason and purpose, and we are praying that God will reveal what that is maybe today. Maybe it won't be today, but I believe uh, he will show it to you soon. I really do. Uh, so for the next few moments, uh, I want to give you a greater desire to give thanks, okay? In order to turn up the volume on our gratitude, I want you guys, if you can, turn with me to Psalm 118. Psalm 118. That's where we're going to be today. Love for you guys if, you have in, if you're in a place that you can get there. If not, mark that down and go back and, and read this um, psalm. It, it, will, it will change your life, I promise you. Uh, you see, we're just a few days away from one of America's most loved holidays, Thanksgiving, right? It's coming up this Thursday. Some people love this holiday because it doesn't require all the preparation that Christmas asks for, right? It's the relax and enjoy the calm holiday. Now, some of you that cook and stuff, you're like, Dan, that's not true, <laughs> right? But I will say this, after you're done cooking and doing the dishes and stuff, you know, then then you do get to relax, right? Unless you like to go shopping and then... Then you're on your own on that one. That's what you get for doing that. But anyway, uh, but today I want to invite you to consider with me calling Thanksgiving the stress-melting holiday. The stress-melting holiday. Because I believe it does melt some stress away before we get into the hectic part of the holidays. So anyway, Psalm 118 is historically connected to the Passover meal. Uh, the Jews celebrated at three great feasts every year, at which it was mandatory if you lived within a certain distance to Jerusalem. All the males must attend all the feasts at the temple. They were the Passover, the Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Okay? For each of those celebrations, there were certain psalms that were recited and sung for the celebrations. In Psalm 113 through 118, called the Hallel Psalms, uh, they were psalms that were sung at Passover. Okay? Think about this. Parts of this song may have been sung when God delivered the slaves of Israel from Egypt that we've talked about in the last couple of episodes. Psalm 113 and 114 would have been sung before the Passover meal, while Psalm uh, 115 through 118 would have been sung after the Passover meal. So pause to consider with me with this, with this one again. Psalm 118 would have been the last song Jesus sang on his fatal night, Right? So listen carefully to how the psalm both opens and closes. Psalm 118.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And verse 29 also says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. So let me offer you three reasons to unite together this, this Thanksgiving time frame and, and beyond 
to kind of turn up the volume on our gratitude because that's what we've been talking about, right? How just the word gratitude and, and what it means in our lives, okay? So today I want to give you three ways to have more gratitude, okay? The first one, if you are taking notes, is this. Be thankful God stands by you, okay? Be thankful God stands by you, okay? Let's read Psalm 118, starting with verse 4 uh, together. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Okay? As we read, you heard the same words repeated four times. They were faithful love, right? And each of the first four lines parallel one another. So there's this, uh, this layering effect, right? Repeated over and over and over again for this effect. Okay, your translation may say loving kindness or steadfast love. Okay, but either way, this word is way too rich for any one English word. Okay, it, it is the Hebrew word chesed, and it's spelled C-H-E-S-E-D-H. Okay, it almost looks like it says cheesehead, but it's not. It's chesed. Okay, <laughs> this word describes the loyal love that God displays to people as he keeps his covenants with them. So now I have a weird question for you to kind of kick some things off. Did you know that God is a hoarder? A hoarder, right? It's kind of like an overflowing junk drawer in our homes, right? You probably have one, maybe two, and if you're really, really bad, you might have more, right? Okay. God has hoarded his faithful love in heaven's storage rooms, okay? God shows Moses. Listen to what Moses says. The Lord is abounding in faithful love and truth. In other words, that word abounding is is overflowing. It's it's so full, right, in, in faithful love and truth. That comes from Exodus 34, uh, verse 6. I want you to take note of something here in these, these first four verses, okay? The psalmist doesn't say, feel thanks for the Lord is good. Instead, the psalmist says, give thanks for the Lord is good. So many people feel it, but they don't say it, you know? How is a child of God can you just sit there in silence when God's name is praised? I don't, I don't understand that. So let's be honest with ourselves, okay? Some of you out there, um, and me, some days I kind of feel this way too, you know, so I don't want to just point fingers, okay, all the time. But some of us, we just kind of sit there like a knot on a log, you know, during a worship service or during any other kind of time frame. But maybe inside you're saying, you know, maybe pastor... You know, if the pastor does good, maybe I'll feel thankful then. Or maybe if the music is just right, maybe I'll smile or something like that, right? Maybe I'll get in the mood and that type of thing. But let me, let me just give you an example of something that I think that, that, that if we deeply look at our lives, this is, this is kind of who we are and it's not a good thing, okay? Let's, let's just say, you know, I were to catch you right after a worship service, right? And I said, come by my house this afternoon. I have the best ribs you'll ever taste. I have a secret recipe that my great-grandfather has passed down from generations to generations, right? And so I feed you this. And after this great big meal, you would leave the table and only feel gratitude? Or would you just smile and say, you know what, this was the best dinner I've had in such a long time. You know, thank you so much for inviting us over. Even if we didn't like it, you know, we'll, we'll probably say, say those things because we have gratitude, right? You know, we're at the point you can't contain yourself. You have to say something, okay? So let me say something to you. You cannot just feel gratitude towards God. You, you've got to say it. 
You've got to sing it. You've got to shout it, right? You cannot just feel gratitude towards our God. You see, Psalm 118 was actually chanted as people lined up to march up to the temple. And how they did this was a priest would chant one part and the people would respond, right? You know, give thanks for God's love as loyal as loyal and a faithful love, right? Right? We know his mercy is a loyal mercy, his kindness is a loyal kindness, and his love is a loyal love. It's, it's kind of like the stock market, you know, it may go up and down, but, but not God's love. Your mood bounces all around, right? Especially around the holidays, right? But not God's faithful and loyal love. Be thankful God stands by me, right? Number two, of how to have more gratitude. Here, write this. I hope you can write this down. Be overwhelmed that God stands with you. Be overwhelmed that God stands with you, okay? Let's read on in our, in our Psalm 118 today, um, starting with verse 5 now. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Though hostile nations surround me, I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a crackling fire, but I destroyed them all with the authority of the Lord. My enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me mercy. He has given me victory, right? Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord has raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. You see, four times in verses 5 through 7, he speaks God's name. God is all the man can talk about. Every sentence and every syllable, all he does is talk about God. And so I wonder if there's ever a time when I could just maybe eavesdrop on your conversations where God is all you talk about. Is that a possibility? See, I know you talk about your money and whether it's sunny or snowy or rainy or whatever, right? Right? You, you talk about the good and the bad of our lives. But what I want to know is if you ever talk about the goodness of God, the psalmist did just that. He, he spoke about the goodness of God. What a marvelous impact that it had on him. It wasn't always this way, though. There were points in his life when all he could see was the enemies coming at him, right? He, he was a man in crisis. The king is being attacked and his enemies have surrounded him. Look at verses 10 and through 12, right? In fact, his enemies attacked him like a swarm of bees, right? In verse 12. By the way, have you ever been attacked by a swarm of bees? See, I don't care who you are. If a swarm of bees comes after you, you run and scream like a girl, right? I've never seen someone just stand there and go, ow, you know, they run and scream. Now, if it was one bee, we might do that. But a swarm of bees, I've never seen that happen. Yet, no matter how many enemies come at the psalmist, not one of them and not all of them were a match for God. Listen to his testimony in verse 13. He said, they pushed me hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The root of the word thankful is thoughtful. The idea is that if one thinks about their blessings, they would be grateful for their blessings, right? In other words, thinking, using our brains, right, thinking about it, always precedes the thinking. 
The words that come out of our mouth of saying thank you. The command to be thankful is a command to stop and think about how we have been blessed. We, we give thanks because God's performance always matches his promise. Psalm 118 was Martin Luther's favorite psalm. Luther called Psalm 118 the golden psalm because it, it comforted him during times of great temptation. He even wrote a commentary on how he feared if he attended a certain meeting. He would be arrested for his teachings and burned as a heretic. His problems taught him a valuable lesson about trust. In there it reads, The Lord is for me, I will not be afraid. What can a mere mortal do to me? He says, When no one else could help, not kings, not wise men, not even other Christian friends could help him, but Psalm 118 came to the rescue. Psalm 118 refreshed his thirst for God's loyal and faithful love. Yes, I am thankful God stands by me because he had every right to stand against me. Even the psalmist said as much in verse 18, The Lord punished me severely, but he did not let me die. No matter the obstacle course your sinful life presents him, God's unrivaled love is so powerful that he will always pursue you. I am so thankful that God's love isn't tied to our performance or our obedience, right? Oh, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? So how important is it to give thanks? Well, the Bible says that King David named two men. He literally hired two men, Haman and, and Jaduthan, to, to give thanks to the Lord before the Ark of the Covenant. This comes from 1 Chronicles 16. So in, basically, in this, in this, these two guys had a full-time job to give thanks to the Lord. Do you have everything in you in a full-time giving thanks to the Lord? We should be overwhelmed God stands with us. Number three, how to have more gratitude, right? Be grateful. This is number three. Be grateful God stands for you. Be grateful God stands for you. As the psalmist comes down the backstretch, he pray, his praise elevates his ability to give thanks. And, and he says remarkable things. Love these things. You guys, I hope you guys will listen to this and read this later. It's Psalm 118, 17 through 29, basically 17 through the end of the psalm. Here's what it reads. I will not die. Instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but he did not let me die. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Can you just feel the confidence build there, right? This confidence and trust in God is, is moving up, right? Just starts from the bottom and just, just moves on up. Look again at verse 17, if you can, with me. He says, I will not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done. Thankfulness is like, is like an elevator that will take you to the top, right? You push the button, bing, and you got to ride all the way to the top, right? A man once said, I'm not sure where this was coded from, but a man once said, we should spend as much time in thanking God for his benefits as we do in asking him for them. 
we should spend as much time in thanking God for his benefits as we do in asking him for them. When we begin to name our blessings and count them one after another, then the momentum of gratitude, of gratitude begins to do the snowball effect in your mind, right? You ever build a snowman? Maybe you live in an area that you've never had snow, but what you do is you take a small snowball and you just stick it in the ground and you just start rolling it and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. See, once you name all the good things the Lord has done and his remarkable love for you, you arrive on the top floor of joy and happiness and trust and faith. I will not die, but I will live and proclaim what the Lord has done, is what the psalmist said. That is no idle boast either, but it is a calm and sure conclusion of a man who has counted all that God has done for him. I have another weird question for you. Have you ever thought about what's next for you after this life? You ever thought about what's next for you after this life? You all know, I, I, I hope you all know, who William Shatner is. He's the main character on... Uh, the original Star Trek. He was the actor, right? You might also know him as the, the actor that just went up to space for real, okay? Shatner um, himself has thought about his death. There was a time he was reflecting on the death of another legendary actor, Marlon Brando. And if you don't know who that is, Google both of them, okay? But Shatner said he began to really think about death. He once said to a newspaper reporter, I am so not ready to die. It petrifies me. I go alone. I, I go to a place I don't know. It might be the end, but my thought is that it, if it is the end and I become nameless, it scares me because I've spent my whole lifetime being known. Let me ask you a personal question today. Can you say with confidence, as, as the psalmist said, open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the Lord's gate. The righteous will enter through it. See, most people I talk to believe they are going to hand over the resume as they meet the angels at gates, at the heaven's gates, right? Uh, a resume is all the great things that you've done. A resume is your accomplishments, your skills, your, your great qualifications, because that's how America works, isn't it? We work off the resume system where everybody opens or shuts doors for you based on what you've done. Well, I've got news for you. God will not open those gates based on your resume. The only way the gates are open for you is if you wave Christ's resume instead of your own. The only way the gates are open for you is if, if it's Christ that stands for you. Did you know that in one of the first Christian sermons, shortly after the death and resurrection of Christ, Peter quotes Psalm 118 before a whole group of people. Peter draws a direct line from Psalm 118 to Jesus when he says this in Acts 4, 11 through 12. Listen to what he says. This Jesus is the stone that was, was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In all of Psalm 118, it says thanks five times. But tightening our focus for a moment, we see he's thankful for, him, for the open gate in verse 19 and again in verse 21. He's thankful for the Lord has become my salvation. You are never going to be confident you're getting through the gates of heaven with your resume. But you will have all the confidence and all the boldness this side of heaven when you trade your resume for Christ's resume. If you want to really see God, you don't go to a beautiful sunset. If you want to really feel God's presence, you don't sit on a beach. And if you want to be near God, you don't go high up into the Himalayas with the, this majestic wonder, right? No. If you want to marvel at God's rich love, 
you go see a man, a man that hung on a bloody cross for your sins. You see, the official Thanksgiving Day goes all the way back to 1789 when, when George Washington, the first president of the United States, proclaimed November 26th as a day of Thanksgiving. And then after that, Thanksgiving Day kind of continued to be celebrated on different days in different states until finally in 1863, President Abraham Lincoln issued a White House proclamation. He said, calling on the whole American people to observe a special day of Thanksgiving on the last Thursday of November of every year. Now, you might be living in a place that doesn't, doesn't uh, have Thanksgiving, but here in the United States, it's, it's a big deal. Like I mentioned, it's one of the America's most popular holidays. But I want to share something with you today. Did you know that you don't have to wait until the end of November to be thankful, right? Why do we always wait till the end of November? Oh, Thanksgiving's coming. We got to be thankful. Why can't we just be grateful for God's daily dependability, right? Every day. Why can't we? You know, when God parted the Red Sea, God's love was dependable. When King David reigned over Israel, God's love was dependable. When the Declaration of Independence was signed, God's love was dependable. And when terrorists flew planes into the World Trade Towers, God's love was dependable. And when you and I were both born, God's love was dependable. And when we die, here's the best thing, God's love will be dependable. But there's a choice you have to make. He's going to love you. It'll be there. But you have to accept him, his, his one and only son that he died on the cross for you. You have to use his resume to truly know that you have that dependability. We can all depend on the loyal, committed love of God. But we also have to commit back in a relationship with his son that gave his life for us. Let's be thankful beyond just this week. Let's be thankful for a God that loves us so much that it gave his one and only son so that we shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. My hope is that you will have a happy Thanksgiving this week. And then my hope again is that you will return next week as we conclude our series on gratitude. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.